my babies, and once again to Poker in the Ears, I'm Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife. He's James Hardigan. Happy St. Patrick's Day, Joe. As we established with Finson on Monday's live stream, St. Patrick's Day, not St. Patty's Day. They've got a, a day for everything. Where'd you dig this one up, huh? I know, right? <laughs> bit of a bit of an obscure one this week. Coming up on today's show, there is a decent amount of poker on TV right now, somehow. At least at in least, America. Yeah, at least in America, we've got poker on TV. Is there anything on TV in Europe right now, poker-wise? Like, anything? Like, even I on... don't think so. Maybe there's some repeats on some obscure Sky Channel that I've never come across. Well, here in America, in an app land, we've got High Stakes Poker is back. Poker After Dark is back. The PSPC is back, in a sense, for the first time in America on FS1. Uh, I did watch some of that last Friday. I have a little bit to say on it. Uh, and there is a new poker show in town. It's called Poker Ithem. I just realized that maybe it's not called Poker Ithem. Maybe it's Poker in the Money, but there's another. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I-T-H-M. Like, there's another. It doesn't matter. Uh, we're going to take it out and chop it up with that show's creator, Matt Waxman, who is this week's guest on the show. I've known Matt a very long time. He's one of the few people who's seen me absolutely eat shit at comedy. Um, so I just, I have to be nice to him for the rest of my life. He was and there for the bit. And crucially, we need to get to the bottom of what is your TV show actually called? Yes, yeah. No, I'm pretty sure it's Poker Rhythm, but as long as we've got him here, let's ask. Yes. Uh, speaking of acronyms, James, we're finally going to do it on the podcast. We're going to run a mock. Yes, it's happening. One week later than we would have liked, but finally, the audience came through. The Ask Me One Question gauntlet has been thrown down. We've been asked one question by you, the viewers, and we will answer it. Uh, answering multiple questions this week is the super fan. His name is Alex Dobbins. And we are quizzing it up about the new Netflix documentary, The Night Stalker. James, can I tell you what it's like watching this? First of all, uh, every single documentary I've been recommended recently has been too long. All right? Every single one, I'm right. like, it's like, okay, I get it. This is interesting. What? There's five more episodes? The Night Stalker is four episodes, and it's the first one I've watched in a long time that did not feel insanely too long. It was maybe a tiny bit too long, but there was no point in this that dragged. All of it was interesting. And let me tell you, this had a profound effect on my life because all of the murders in this happen in and around my area. Like every single one of them is like, oh, that's like five miles down the road that's 10 miles down the road and then there's eventually towards the end they're like murder number 13 takes place in northridge california which is literally where i live oh that's creepy i mean we're talking like years decades beforehand right but even so that's kind of not what you really want to be watching and this is one of the reasons even though I'm completely detached from this particular case. Why I don't watch these shows on Netflix? People keep recommending these true crime documentaries, and I'm sure they're fascinating. I'm sure they're very well made. But do you know what? If there's one thing I don't need more of right now, it's reality. I need escapism, and that's why I can't bring myself to watch these shows. So not only is this reality, but it is my exact reality. So just... Yeah. It, 
the, one of the murders takes place in in the sit in like the city or suburb, whatever you want to call it, LA that I live in now. And also, the way this guy did the murders was he would just walk into people's backyards and try their sliding glass doors and try their windows. And um, you know, it was and in I live in a house now that has a big dark backyard that anyone could conceivably jump into from there's like an alley that runs behind the street and if someone wanted to climb that wall and be in my backyard they absolutely could so as soon as that show is over my girlfriend and i are running around the house locking every window making sure every door is locked inside outside peering (laughs) through the curtains for the next fucking three hours and then you remember Caldwell used to work for Poker Stars, a, a, a guy that oh, yeah, yeah, John. was worked in. He turns out we were chatting. Turns out he lived in this exact neighborhood, like a block away, when he was a kid. And I was like, "Dude, I just got done watching Night Stalker. Were you here for that?" And he said, "Yes. Not only did I live in the neighborhood at the exact time that that murder took place, a few weeks before that, my dad ran some guy out of our backyard." Oh, my God. I mean, at this point, I have visions of you investing in, like, the world's most ridiculous CCTV slash security system. I I thought about it, and we have, like, a floodlight outside that, you know, that's motion-censored, but I don't turn it on because I feel like those kinds of things make you more scared. Yeah. Like, then it's every single time it turns on, you're like, what the fuck was that? Every single time. You know, they have these videos now, these things that it pings your phone, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever the, whenever the camera gets. And I'm like, I just can't live my life, like, looking at my phone and seeing, like, 15 different things. You know, it's a raccoon, a rat, a squirrel, whatever. So I don't have any of that. But I for sure now, when I go to bed... Every fucking window and every fucking door gets double and trickle, triple checked. I, I'm like, I'm on lockdown, lockdown now. Sure. Not only can I not go out of the house, no one else is getting in. And I absolutely understand what you're saying about not needing that paranoia fuel. But you have to appreciate the irony of you've just said that I don't want to spend my entire life looking at my phone. What is it that you actually <laughs> do right now? <laughs> I look. I like. I. Don't, I know that you probably won't. Say, I don't tweet as much. Uh, I don't spend as much time doom scrolling. It's look. I just trade one addiction for another, right? Right. So I don't spend as much time on my phone now. But now it's like spending all my time on Etsy and eBay, organizing fucking sports cards and figuring out how I'm going <laughs> to pay off my credit cards this month because that's my new obsession. Is just like looking at little little tiny men on pieces of paper, which I've actually cleaned up everything around here. I don't have anything to gra- grab. I was going to show you. Um, yeah. So, uh, speaking of the sports card stuff, I, uh, so top shot. Yes. Uh, has been happening every once in a while. Th- I have like this little network of friends that'll be like, there's a top shot drop happening in half an hour. You go online, you click a thing, you get, you, um, they assign you a number. Typically they're only selling between five and 25,000 packs of these things. I managed to get, um, a good lottery number and I was given the privilege of being able to buy a $200 pack of Top Shot cards. Uh, By the way, just very quickly, Joe, cross-promotion alert. There is a piece that's just gone up on the PokerStars blog explaining the concept of NFTs, explaining what they are, how it works. So if you want to know where Joe Stapleton has been spending his money, check out the piece that's just gone live on the PokerStars blog. 
Excellent. Very good. Yeah. So every time I talk about it, by the way, more people get in line for these things. Don't don't do that. Don't do it. Don't sign up for NBA Top Shot. Um, so I was given the privilege of buying one of these $200 packs. I think I've talked about it a little bit on some of the other broadcasts, and I didn't open it right away because I was seeing that the packs themselves are being sold. I could have resold it for $2,000. That's just um, so ridiculous. The, the, the bottom has got to fall out of this economy, right? There's no way this can be anything more than a fad. I, I think that the that it will suffer a drop. I don't know about the bottom falling out. Like I do think that it will be a viable type of collector. All right, so here, just a quick side note. My friend uh, Jam bought a Beeble, right? This, there's an art digital artist named Beeble. Yes. Uh, and he bought two Beebles like a year ago. Beeble just sold one of his digital art pieces at auction at Christie's for $69 million. I saw it. I saw the live um, auction, or rather kind of a recap of the live auction on CNN. And again, I'm just staring at my screen thinking, people have lost their minds. And I get it, right? The last year has been particularly tough on everyone, but this is not weird. the way to take out your frustrations. Yeah, so... I have been taking out my frustrations this way, but I'm I'm just trying to I just like getting these virtual lines, spend the retail amount, which two hundred dollars is still quite a bit. So Maria got a pack. She opened hers right away, and she opened uh, like a James Wiseman moment, who's like one of the hot rookies this year, and immediately sold it for fifteen hundred dollars. And I was like, okay, I could sell this pack for two thousand, but honestly, I'm not really in it to just flip things right like i like opening things i like the sweat of it so um i i made my girlfriend and my roommate watch the pspc with me and more on that in a second but when that was over i was like all right we we're we had, had a few drinks i was like let's open the top shots um the bad news is i probably would have made more money selling the unopened pack yeah, but you you decided to to spin it, right? Yes. You decided to to gamble. Right, just say, look, if I open up a Zion Williamson or a LeBron James or John ja Morant or something like that, it's gonna, you know, it's it could be ten thousand dollars. Of course, and, and also as you said, you want the actual thrill of being able to open it. Yes, uh, and I and I recorded it. You know, I did a little video. The, the bad news is also nothing. I didn't open anything worth like whooping and hollering in the video. I didn't have to post the video. The good news is I did get like some uh, like dunk by some rookie, an Italian guy that I never even heard of before. And I put it up for sale. I saw the, the what it's really neat when you sell them. The marketplace is right where you open the pack. Right. So you just click on the card. It says there's like 700 of these also being sold. The lowest price right now it's being sold for is four hundred sixty eight dollars. I put mine up for sale for four hundred fifty dollars and it's sold like within an hour. Wow. Um, and then I sold a couple more over the last few days. So in my, okay, so my you're in profit, right? Yeah, in my account now, I have about $700, and I'm in for like $250, which means I'm definitely profitable right now. Here's here's the real, James, as much as this is like the biggest racket of all time already, right? Yeah. Here's the best part of it. Every sale, there's a 5% transaction fee. Oh, fuck. So, so these people, they no. sell you the fucking packs of cards, and then when you sell one for $10,000... They get 5% of that too. And every single time it gets sold. So I, I can't even, I can't even fathom how much money 
Well, these you people know, are making right understandably, now. Understandably, the NBA needed to find a revenue stream because there isn't much money in professional <laughs> right. sports. No, absolutely. Um, They're all hurting pretty bad. So you watched the PSPC. I, I was wondering how it looks right on FS1. I know that Donnie Peters has been live tweeting every week with new episodes going out, but you actually saw it yourself. Yeah, so like Donnie Peters was tweeting and then Maria Ho kept tagging me in Instagram posts. She was watching it. And it did make me kind of want to tune in. So my basically what happens is my, my girlfriend and my roommate sometimes when they get drunk, they start like talking about girl things. Um, and then I'm just kind of glad to have a moment. So I put on the PSPC and I'm watching it until they realize that I'm watching and laughing at my own jokes and kind of forcing them <laughs> to watch it at the same time. And then they start making fun of me. But I did enjoy it. Because it was heavily featured, the episode I watched, I, I couldn't rem- I couldn't tell if it was new or like a last week's. Because sometimes on the sports channels they'll run them back to back, yeah, and they'll show you like last week if if it gets like overrun by a game or something. So the one it was the bubble episode, which oh, was cool. a really, I yeah, think- it was a really cool time to tune in. Yeah, that's those 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 that's a good show to see, right? And. The drama of who's going to go out, who's going to miss out on a min cash in this huge buying event. Was that the one where we had Spraggy on the feature table? Yes. So that was the most fun part for me was that Spraggy was featured heavily. Seeing, I don't, I didn't remember him seeming so uncomfortable and miserable when we were doing it live or even in the record of it. And seeing him just on American TV, just as just as dour and and upset as ever although you could tell it's his fake kind of dour and not his real kind of dour because Spraggy if you guys remember folded aces got bluffed last week uh in a huge spot in the Sunday Million way deep in the Sunday Million and to to my knowledge is still kind of upset over them over I that think he's now kind of like seeing the funny side or at least capitalizing on that now in some of the content he's been putting out there but yeah i mean clearly it's it's going to bother him for a, a long period yeah so in watching this i'm reminded of the fact that spraggy ekes into the money with like yes. four chips yeah but then not only does he do that but somehow there is a prize jump in like the span of two hands where he 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 is like a, a small blind left, and he folds two hands, and somehow ladders up another ten thousand dollars, and has the honesty to admit that he didn't even notice, wasn't deliberately trying to wait it out for the money jump, kind of wasn't making any ICM considerations, just got lucky. Yeah, exactly. So. Doesn't that kind of cancel out the aces thing? <laughs> like, doesn't that, isn't it equally, if not more good than the folding of the aces was bad that he somehow managed to, you know, yeah. to just make Joe, another $10,000 on television? You know, as well as anyone that when it comes to poker players, it's the most recent thing, right? It's what have you done for me lately? That happened in real time in January of 2019. It's more than two years later. Yeah, That's long been forgotten. And I'm sure that Spraggy will come up with so many examples of karmic retribution for his min plus cash in the PSPC that he's incurred. 
in the two years since that event. Yeah, that's probably true. What have you done for me lately? That's that's how it works for all things in life. Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty hard to, to whenever yeah. something bad happens to you, to be like, well, all these other good things happen. I'm yeah. just looking for the positive. Um, so, yeah. So, I like, look, I, I eventually I didn't get to finish the entire episode. One other thing I wanted to talk about with PSPC was that Andrew Nimi uh, tweeted yesterday about his moment in the the sun if you will uh at the pspc and it's so funny that these um basically his comment was the dealer doesn't do the tv deal right the deal it's like all in and call it's like bing 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 andrew nimi's out um and he's like oh i didn't even get like the you know the the sweat the you know the, the tv like holding of the deal and what's really weird is that his fans are like very critical of that are like pissed that he didn't get you know so many players complain about it they're like oh god just fucking put it out there like i don't need all the drama he's he's having a lot of people reply thinking that we somehow screwed him over right because we control the deal at every single table yeah right and so i don't like i said because i don't really do do the whole twitter fight that much anymore i'm not replying to any of them but part of me is very defensive to be like, what are we supposed to do? Hold up. You know how many tables there were? <laughs> it was a, The bubble was 170 people. That's 17 <laughs> tables. Leave us alone. Leave me alone. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Apart from the odd episode of season three of This Is Us, I haven't really watched anything in the last week. I mean, This Is Us is 23 episode seasons. So if you're in yeah. season three already, you have been watching a lot. Yeah, I guess I guess I have, but it's just it's just one thing, right? I can't say, well, I saw this movie or I'm watching this show yeah. and I've seen this season of this. Uh, okay, I I rewatched the movie Major League. That's been in my head for a long time. I think because of the baseball cards. For me, this movie really does hold up. It's very much a, like a, a you know an un PC movie from the '90s. I still think it's hilarious. Um, on Maria Ho's recommendation, I started watching this Canadian sci-fi drama. I don't even know if it's Canadian. I just call it that because I think that's hilarious <laughs> for her to be a Canadian. It's called The Expanse. Uh, I'm liking that so far. Only a few episodes in. Uh, for tax reasons, I have to talk about video games here for a few minutes. Oh, is this uh, the so- classic? I bought lots of video games and I'm writing them off as research. So now I have to review them on this podcast to justify this business expenditure. That's absolutely correct. 100% correct. Um, my my podcast, by the way, if you're listening, IRS, is a poker and pop culture and video game podcast. And this is the section where I talk about my brand new Xbox One S, X1, X1, whatever it is, and my PS5, of which I'm having a discussion right now. Okay, that should be good. Um, Mr. Robot. Let's go on with Mr. Robot for a little bit because I just started season four. Yeah. And so far, it is as good as anything else. Like the first two episodes of season four are fucking amazing. The one thing it does incredibly is the way that season four literally starts off the back of the season three recap. It's like showing you key moments and key scenes from season three, just to remind you what's happened since this was last on TV two years ago. And then one of the recap scenes then continues, and that's how season four begins. And I've never seen that done before, and I thought it was really, really clever. Um, 
No, there was a- twice. There was actually during season three also where there was showed something as like the in the recap, and I was like, I don't remember watching that. <laughs> and yeah. then it continued on. Yeah, really cool. Um, I know we don't do a ton of politics on this show, and I won't. But, but what I will say is, there's a couple of things where they get politicalness, and it's so on the nose that I, I can't even believe it. It I might know. be more on the nose than any. Any comedy show, any comedian who like went after politicians uh, in, in those years, so weird. And especially what I really like about the show, too, is that even though the show aired, I think, from like 2015 to 2020, they have it all still contained, I think. Uh, right now we're at like Christmas 2015, which I think is pretty interesting. Uh, you rarely see that that little passage of time in that many seasons of a TV show. So uh, still enjoying it. I know you said there's a bit of a, of a, of a drop off in season four, but uh, right now I, it's, it's almost as if season three has just continued on. Like you said. Cool. Cool. Look, we're going to continue talking TV in a moment, specifically poker on TV. Let's just talk about a few poker live streams before that, because we did do the Sunday million on Monday with Finton and really enjoyed hanging out with Finton again. It's been a while, right? He's not someone who we've managed to spend much time with or, or do much stuff with in the last few months. So I'm glad that he was on board for that one. And of course, have to give it one last big push, the Sunday Million Anniversary stream, which we're going to be doing next Tuesday. Huge guarantee, seven-figure scores for the winner and the runner-up. So a reminder that that is going to be on Tuesday rather than Monday. Retro continues every Thursday. We were in Macau last week. We had the whole thing with that guy, I've already forgotten his name, who was the uh, <laughs> the, 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 the high-rolling businessman who was a little bit fumbly with his cards, folded Stikey. out. Stikey, that's right, folded out of turn, got his bet sizes wrong, talked about the dealing of the floppers doing the cards, gave us a lot of entertainment, and I believe had a little bit of insider information from Patrick. He appears in a later show. We're not done with him yet. He comes back, which I'm really looking forward to. I guess the party in Hong Kong must have been over. He he was able (laughs) to get away again. Uh, So we're going to Sydney for the conclusion of season one of the APPT this week. But again, I'm promoting something that most people will already have seen. But if you are listening to this podcast on the Thursday, it's not too late to watch the commentator showdown which is going to be happening on Friday. That's Friday the 19th of March, 6.30 UK time, 7.30 Central European time. And this is going to be the six max game that Joe and I are playing in along with Maria Ho, Sam Grafton, Nick Walsh and Griffin Benja playing for charity, hoping to have a lot of fun with this one. And that is going to be streamed live and cards up this coming Friday. Uh, Something a bit different, I guess, Joe. And I think... I mean, woe is us. It's not like properly working for a living, but maybe a harder task than some of the stuff we do where you're trying to be one of the players and trying to kind of, you know, actually focus on the game, but still having to anchor a show and commentate at the same time. I've done this before. Uh, I'm I'm excited to do it with you uh, because when I did it before, it was me on live TV with five more or less celebrities and no one really cared about what I needed to do. <laughs> like they just didn't shut up when I needed them to, or like got quiet when I needed them to be not quiet. Um, and I will say this: when you're playing poker and hosting a live show, you end up doing both things poorly. <laughs> so yeah. I'm hoping 
that with me and you sort of double teaming it and also the fact that everyone else joining us is now more or less a professional broadcaster, that hopefully things will go smoothly. I just need typically what happens, James, is my poker game will just suffer, right? Because it's more important to me to be uh, to have a good show. And so hopefully I just don't have to completely tank or we don't have to completely tank playing poker so that we can uh, run the ship a little bit. Yeah. I mean, look, in most poker games I play, I fold 90 to 95 percent of the hands. (laughs) So as long as you're around for the one hand in 20 that I decide to play, then we'll be fine because I can can just focus on everyone else's game for the rest of the time. Uh, Okay, we've yacked enough uh let's welcome to the poker in the ears podcast this week's guest matthew waxman thank you very much for coming on the show today yeah thanks for having me james wait don't just thank james excuse me Uh, sorry sorry (laughs) well james was the one that you know I, I get it. I, I'm not. Gonna, I'm, we're not going to make a thing of it, Matt. Before we get going with poker rhythm, I'm really interested to talk to you about this because I think it's a, a very cool thing you're doing. Um, just give us like a quick little bio for people who maybe don't know who you are. I know that you've got plenty of poker accolades, and I want to make sure we get those right because I want to know just how much of your own money you're lighting on fire with this poker rhythm project. And so I need to hear about all your big wins <laughs> and what went into it. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, I guess the, the first one was, I I won a couple F tops on full tilt back when they were like real big money, uh, final table, a a world series thing. Uh, one Paris in 2011 WPT Paris. And then, um, I won a bracelet in 2013 and top hundred, the world series main two years in a row. And then uh, I won the Tournament of Champions, the WPT Tournament of Champions. Uh, that was in 2018. I mean, so you're definitely one of those people where casual poker fans are going to look at you and go, I've seen him. I've seen him in something. I can't remember whether it was that EPT event or that World Series show or that WPT show, but I've seen him before. You're definitely a familiar face from your various kind of deep runs over the years. Yeah, for sure. I mean, EPT, that's the that's the one that I'm just I can't wait to get back in there and start playing those events again. They're always run so well and uh that's the one big title I don't have, you know, so I really right. want to just cross it off the list, you know. We hope that they will be back for you to cross off soon. Uh, uh yeah, they're coming. Let's talk about poker rhythm. Um if you can, I wanted to give basically give you this platform as a chance to get people interested in poker rhythm, get some more eyeballs on the show. I think all poker shows are good for other poker shows. The more good stuff that's out there, the better for all of us. Um, Explain the concept behind poker rhythm. Okay. But before I do, I just want to make a special thank you to you, Joe, because I know how you made this happen. And I've been one of your biggest fans for the longest time. You know that. (laughs) tip your hat yeah right uh, <laughs> okay so the tip of the hat thing i just i mentioned earlier in the show how matt is one of the few people that saw me eat shit at stand-up comedy like one of the worst shows i've ever done in my life and before going into the show matt did this joke and he goes look if it's going really badly just take your hat off during the show and tip it to me and i'll laugh really hard um, and try to get other people around me to laugh and i was doing this for like 
18 minutes of a 20 minute show like just taking my hat on and off looking at Waxman it was like the only thing keeping me grounded like it was the only thing like keeping me from diving head first off the stage in an attempt to kill myself not being funny yeah. Joe that probably was preferential though to had you notice Matt and then the temptation is every time Joe does it to go <laughs> yeah 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 I mean it, it was a little uncomfortable like forcing that laugh out there but at the same time you know you got to support Stapes and just to like defend you here um I don't know if your set was amazing but like that venue was shit it like, was really bad there yeah. the lighting for the venue wasn't on Joe it was behind him and just like blinding everybody that was in the crowd we're sitting on like these little like uh ottomans you know like the thing you put your feet up on for yeah, like yeah. a chair not a real chair like we're sitting on those they're spread out the floor is all sticky like the drinks weren't that great and it was like downtown and, vegas so like the whole and entire the tvs crowd were like on zombies caddyshack was on the tvs around yeah. the room so not only is it like no one can see me but i'm competing with one of the greatest comedies i, was say, I mean I love you, Joe, but if I'm there, I'm basically going to say, any chance you can mute that guy and turn the sound on on the TV? <laughs> exactly. That's how the audience felt. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. No, it, it, was, was, a, a, it was a shitty setup, but yeah, <laughs> it was uh, it was just a bad, bad experience for me all around. Uh, now, one, let's yeah. get a chance to big you up. Let's talk Poker Rhythm. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. Uh, poker Rhythm. Um, whew. It's been uh, me trying the old business thing, you know, like becoming yeah. a CEO and trying to start a company that uh, the, the idea is like, you know, it, it's it's started by a poker player. Right. And um, when I was coming up and I was like 18 uh, trying to play in these big tournaments, uh, I didn't have the bankroll for it. Uh, but I had such an ego where I really wanted to just prove to everybody like, hey, I'm the best poker player around. I know it like I can play in the 10Ks right now with, uh, you know, like. Gus Hansen and and uh, Phil Ivey, like these were the big guys just tearing up the World Poker Tour at that time. Um, and I just always wanted to create like something that gave like an opportunity for uh, players to just compete and uh, get a ranking in the world and be one of the best. And even more importantly, for poker players to get paid to compete rather than them putting up their own money for buy-ins and getting raked and all that stuff, you know? So I, I've, I've just always thought that poker could be like, um, more closely to a professional sport, or I guess more appropriately, like an e-sport, um, and just like introduce a whole like wide range of, of new competitors, even like, uh, younger generations that aren't gambling and they're just playing because it's a strategy game because it's a skill game. Um, and there's just so much skill that takes that it takes to play poker. Like you need to be well-versed psychologically, uh, logically, mathematically, uh, game theory. Like you could just, the list just goes on of like things that you could incorporate into your own like mindset to make you a successful poker player. Um, and it's something that I can really appreciate that I think that the general public doesn't really understand. They think more like, Oh, that guy's playing for millions of dollars or wow, they got so lucky. But like with this project, uh, we're trying to prove that, you know, it's less about luck and more about, you know, preparedness and, and, and skill, you know? So it seems um, to me that you kind of share the ethos of Alex Dreyfus when he created the global <laughs> poker league, the idea of having teams and just trying to showcase it as an esport. Yeah. I, you know, actually it's funny you should say that because I was playing EPT London uh, and Dreyfus made a tweet. Like he said, yo, why isn't poker a sport? And I just instantly uh, messaged him and I said, Hey Alex, um, I've, I've been working on a plan to make poker a sport for a while. I got this great format. Like I've been thinking about it and uh, you want to meet. And then he literally met me the next day uh, in London. 
and we talked and we shared a lot of the same ideas, but as far as like a format, I don't think we saw eye to eye. Right. And, um, and you know, like I, I have, I'm, I started this company already. Like I, I, I you know, I wanted to kind of like decide where it goes and we, we, we talked a little about a little bit about working together, but it just didn't work out. So, uh, Alex was awesome. He like, he gave me a lot of advice and, um, I took it and then I kind of just had to like sit back and like pause my thing while he ran the GPL. Cause it's not like I'm going to try to compete with the guy, you know? Right. Um, so this then, is uh, a long, this is a long time in the making then this idea. Yeah. I mean, yeah this uh, is something uh, yeah, that I've, stayed with you. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been brewing on this forever to be honest with you. Um, we, we started the development on this thing uh, in February of 2018, but I had already planned it. Uh, I already applied for a patent probably back in 2016 um, for for some of our tech. We got the patent, by the way, which took like oh, cool. three or four years. Um, for you. Yeah. So like it's been, yeah, this thing's been brewing forever. Um, I'm like all in on this and it's, it's, it's fun because like I, I know what it could be, uh, but it's rough because there's just so much you don't know about business and like just trying to do this. Like, like I think back now about when I was playing professional poker and I used to tell people that was tough. Like, <laughs> Dude, I, what I would do to be able to just study PO Solver right now and be able to just like, like my responsibility being like book it, book some airfare for the next day. You know, I would love, I can't wait to go back to just playing poker and uh, being able to just promote my company and like hopefully we'll get the right business guys to, to be, you know, pushing things along. Yeah. But, uh, so but yeah, it's just funny. It's, it's a humbling. So for anyone who hasn't seen it or come across it or knows the concept, Matt, give us the pitch in a nutshell. What is the format? How does it work? All right. It's team duplicate poker. So we have a four-handed sit and go. Well, no, no, no. Sorry. We have a four-team match, right? And these four teams are competing against each other, and there's four completely different tables. All these tables are completely isolated from each other. And basically what we do is we preset the cards with a randomly random cards. We don't, we don't make up the hands or the right. boards, but they're randomized and we deal out the exact same hands uh, to each of these players so that one representative right. from each team uh, gets that distribution of cards. So basically it's like a level playing field. Every single team is going to get to play the same cards against the same cards. Uh, and we do four different tables. We update it on a scoreboard at the bottom of the screen. Uh, so by the end of the match, you're going to actually see like what team played their cards the best. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So uh, just uh, in wa- I watched an episode last night, episode 10. Uh, a couple of questions I, I had for this were just to reiterate. So the hands are randomly generated. They're not specifically set up hands. They're nothing like that. Uh, they're not made for TV, not made to look good. It's just that whatever it is, like the first bunch of hands get generated and then they are replicated later on basically right yeah yeah we make a spreadsheet we show all the hands uh we have the decks already um made with 13 cards and basically we just uh we can't we can't miss deal or or we're in trouble right so and we had to do this for over a thousand hands uh that was gonna be one of my questions where that was there any point at which the you know this is live poker it's a lot easier to do if with a computer was there ever a time where the dealer pitched a card you were like holy shit that's not supposed to be the hand did that ever happen um, no, but the deal, the, the, the dealer, di- the dealer, I took one night off where I like, uh, <laughs> here we go. Like I took one night off. Okay. That classic <laughs> caveat. I, was like, I wasn't there, mate. Nothing to do with me. Go. 
no, no, no. I mean, I definitely messed up myself plenty, but um, I, I just took a day off and I was playing in the, the next match. So I, I, you know, I was working long days and, and I just trusted my, my team to, to kind of set the decks and do things right. Right. And then it ends up, they ended up uh, putting the same hand in the spreadsheet for uh, two of the players. So uh, they basically got the exact same cards on the same flop for two of the hands. And like, they didn't look at the spreadsheet to realize like, Oh wait, it's the same flop. Like, and then, and then my players were literally in a hand and I was the first match at the table and we always have backup hands. So this is what we, what we do for this. But, um, but yeah, basically uh, they're like in a pot on like the river or like the turn. And they're like, you know, this is funny. Cause I have the exact same cards again. And then <laughs> the other players like, I thought it was just a coincidence, but, but yeah, I do too. And I'm just like, Damn it. Oh. And I'm and I'm at the table, so I can't know the hands because I'm I'm playing and I was like the I had to play most of the morning slots because most people didn't really wake up in time on my team uh, to do that. You know, poker players, right? Um but but yeah, so I'm like literally freaking out. Uh because now on the fly I have to literally explain to, to my, my production team like what they have to do now to fix the hands so that it's a different hands. Um and then I actually like made like one of the sickest hero calls of my life with one of the new hands. So just in <laughs> case anybody, anybody wants to accuse me of knowing the cards, like they, I obviously don't cause I've, I've donked off my stack so many times in this thing, but uh, I actually made the sit, one of the sickest hero calls I've ever made uh, with the, one of the newly generated hands. So like it, it, it was, I don't know. It felt kind of good. Um, but I played earlier in that episode, just awful. So, yeah. So, I'm glad you brought this up. Now, another thing that I realized in watching this is that you have eight teams in your league, right? Eight and teams, there are yeah. f- four players per team. That is 32 professional poker players or close to. No, it's is it more than that? Is that what you're about to say? Yeah, it's four, it's four per match, but this was during World Series. So, uh, like, play, originally I wanted to do this with six players per team, right? And just have right. two, like, subs to, like, switch in. Nah. I had to, I had to end up making it ten players per team or up to ten. Some teams got it done with like oh seven. Oh my god! But I made it up to ten players so that I basically went to like my the captains of the teams and and they were in charge of like filling their time slots and getting their players to show up on time. And uh, basically, yeah, they they got it done and and uh, I I had to give them more alternates, right? Because people would be like, oh no, I got day two tomorrow. I don't want to show up or. But then the cool thing about it all was like nobody really knew what the concept was like going into it. They just were like, oh, yeah, it's Matt. He's doing a poker thing. Let me like try. Okay, cool. Poker guy's doing something. (laughs) And then like and then and it was hard to get these seats filled. I was like literally stressing it and like texting people like, yo, can you do this? But then literally uh, after like the first five matches, uh, all the pros loved it. And they were just like, dude, this is so cool. Like we love this format. Uh, We can't wait to come back. And like. I had guys on my own team that were like fighting overseas. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I just won't play like this week because everybody wants to play. So it was like, it was way easier to get those seats filled um, right. towards the end of the season. And I guess that was like some great feedback, right? Like, you know, that the players enjoy it. And a lot of people are like asking if they could play in the next season. And uh, all my pros are like, yeah, we're happy to help you in any way. Like we, we can't wait to play in the next one. So you're shooting so, in Vegas, right? Which gives you, I guess, a decent starting point. It gives you a decent pool of potential players. Yeah, exactly. That's the one time you get all these like big, big, bigger name, pro- like my friends at least, that would, would be happy to help. They're all together, right? Yeah. Uh, we're a startup, so it's not like I could afford to just be paying like people to fly over from Europe and yeah. all around the country and and just uh, and and expense that, right? But they're already in Vegas, and I'm just like, hey. 
tournaments don't start till one. You want to come in at 10 and, uh, and play for 30 minutes. I got this new poker concept. And they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. So the, logistically, obviously a total nightmare, but <laughs> 30 minutes is what you're asking for them. So that's how long it takes you to shoot with 16 hands per table. Yep. 16 hands per table. So you come in, uh, you have them, it's, you know, it, it, when all said and done, they're in there for, I guess, probably an hour. Right. Um, uh, and, and then you, and then, so th- the way that this works, the, the one thing that I just want to clarify for myself is you call it the snake. And does that just yes. mean that you, the way you jump from table to table and show each hand and then yeah. so we do 16 hands and snakes. So it'd be hand one, table one, hand two, table two, hand two, table table three sorry hand one see i'm already fucking it up yeah i i can never work for you and then you you show all 16 (laughs) hands uh at at a featured table yeah so that was a a little adjustment that we made um i think i think it makes sense because we could we could kind of build a story build suspense talk about some stats uh but yeah it's a snake just like a fantasy football draft you go table one table two table three stay on table three for the next hand table two table one one, two, three, three, two, one, Got one, two, three. It. Um, and then, and then we have what we call our feature table, which we'll, we'll kind of just like pick a table that was kind of exciting for one reason or another. And then we'll literally just show that one all 16 hands through. So by this point, you kind of already remember the 16 hands from the last three tables. Yep. And now you get to see these pros and you can almost like anticipate it. Like, uh, like last week there was like, a hand where, where they got aces and they just stole the blinds pre every single time. And we're like, Oh, but this, but at this table, the aces are going to see a flop. Like we hope we see some action. Um, so you can just kind of like anticipate the hands that are coming up and like wonder how, like if there's a cooler, like ace king against tens and everyone gets stacked, like you might wonder like if that happens to the feature table. Um, maybe if you have like a, a, a chatty table, that's like really funny, we'll put that one in the feature or something like that. But it's like a way to kind of build suspense and make it more enjoyable for the viewers. I'm not like this is our pilot season. I'm not set on that format, but I I, I think it it was fun to do for this one. Yeah, I liked how you called it season zero because that said to me that hey, you know, we are just kind of trying to figure some things out here. And and with that, I have two two questions uh, alongside it uh, that I'll ask at the same time. One is that poker players are very very good at giving unsolicited advice and changing. <laughs> giving their suggestions for changing formats and how things could be run better. So I want to know what, uh, what advice, if any, are you planning on implementing uh, from poker players in the future? And number two would be if you had unlimited money, um, what changes would you make? Um, you know, cause obviously, you know, there's some things that production is expensive and I think probably not even as you might think it's expensive going in and then not even realize how expensive it really is if you want to do things a certain way. So I guess I'll give you a chance. I'll stop talking and give you a chance to answer those questions. Yeah. Um, shoot. So, okay. First off, uh, what changes would I make um, based on poker players advice for the, for the format? Uh, what, what, if you had all the money in the world and you could do oh, whatever you wanted with this. Yeah. Oh, dude. I mean, I already have that plan uh, of how this thing could scale. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, I'm thinking big, you know, I'm thinking stadiums uh, for live poker events and uh, franchises, you know, like I, I, I got the plan. I just, I don't have the business development uh, yet 
at least. You know, right now I'm just yeah. trying to like prove the concept. I'm trying to yeah. prove that people like it. I'm trying to prove that. Uh, I, I mean, I know the pros like to play it, but that's that's not important if nobody wants to watch it, right? Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I would love a live poker event. Um, I'd love for people to be able to look at poker and think of it like they do for like uh, football or soccer or you know basketball like I, i'd love them to be able to analyze poker stats the way they analyze like sports i'd love poker to be like a segment like routinely on espn you know yeah. where they're talking about like the poker match tonight like oh this would happen i want people to be able to bet on poker events i don't want to put that i don't want to like create that for them but I, i'd love it if they could um it's and, and that's how it scales it's certainly the only format i've come across where each hand is literally it kind of it, its own entity, right? That the, the the next hand is not affected by the events of the previous hand because you're resetting the stacks every single time. It's it's very much poker in microcosm. It's literally that one hand determines that, and then we start again. Yeah, exactly. So uh, the idea is that you just take it one hand at a time, um, because like often in poker, you know, you might lose half your stack. Um, and if somebody has like 10 big blinds with a hand on the next one and another person exactly. still has 60, it's a different hand. Yeah. So we have to make the exact same hand. Um, and it, and if you, if you think about regular sports, um, like when you graduate from, uh, a high school basketball game to the pros and you just think about the way the players play, it's so much more mechanical. Uh, it's like, they're just like, they're just like doing like grinding out small edges. They're making quick passes. They're just, everything's just like a routine. Right. So I'm trying to create that for poker where poker is just like this official sport. It's like an official thing that we could really highlight the skill of the players. And I think the best way to do that is by being able to actually take, like, like if you look at a high roller table and some guy gets cooler with a uh, ace king to the ace 10 or what all in whatever. And like, they win the pot. Like, it's just like, yeah, that guy won all the chips, but no one really thinks about like, uh, how you got lucky, right? But now, like, people are going to actually think about, like, oh, well, this guy three bet this hand. Uh, this guy value bet that river, where the other one checked, like, oh, this is so interesting. And you could actually see uh, just how skillful some of these guys are. And, and like, for me, being a huge poker geek, you know, like, I, I've loved poker for 18 years. Uh, it really, I, I love watching my own show, I, I, you know, but I might be biased, right? But I, I just That's enjoy, great. like, yeah, I, I'm just trying to think I, of how I could like share that enthusiasm with as many people I as possible. I think that it, the, the show is a great advertisement for chaos theory also and just how one slight variation of how – it was really interesting to watch how like the first time I, I saw this one hand uh, on this episode, James, it goes, uh, these two guys get it in, ace-queen versus ace-jack, and there's a jack on the river. And I'm like – Cool. Well, we're going to see like three different ways that they end up getting all in or getting to the river and ace jack wins. But in like the third iteration, like the second iteration of the hand, uh, they just kind of like it like ends preflop. The next iteration of the hand, the first person who has like queen four suited raises first and like ace queen never ends up in the hand to begin with. Right. It's really pretty interesting seeing just how many different ways the same hand can play out, like a multiverse kind of thing. Yeah. I like poker multiverse. That's exactly what it is, right? Um, I mean, a question I can't believe we haven't asked yet, and it's kind of the last thing I was going to ask, Matt, is how difficult has it been to film this over the last 12 months with all of the restrictions on everyone's lives? Uh, yeah, well, you know, we did this at World Series, and as you know, there was no World Series in 2020, 
Uh, so we actually filmed this in 2019 and, uh, and we've been editing it, just getting it right. right. And just kind of like waiting for the right time to okay. release this. There's actually a, a platform, uh, pokerthem.com has a platform where you can play. And I didn't really mention this, but the grand idea of all of it is that if you're watching our league, you can go play on poker rhythm and, uh, try to qualify to make it in the league. You know, it's all free. We don't charge. It's just a free game. Yeah. Um, but but that's like the, the the opportunity. Like I was saying, like we want people to be their best. You can go play online. You get a poker rhythm, your poker algorithm, which is uh, a ranking system that we wrote, and and uh, you basically have a ranking in the world. And then the top players are going to get drafted up in the league and play on a team next season. So that's the that's the main draw to it. Uh, I'm not going to be the kind of person that would give you constructive criticism right now on the air, except for this one thing that I think you might want to implement for season Rip one it. or whatever you do. I think you should set up just one hand to have an actual setup, not be random and give everyone the hands from Casino Royale and see if, <laughs> see if even one time it plays out the way it happens in that fucking movie and I think you could run it a thousand, you could run it 10,000 times and it never plays out like it does in Casino Royale. What, but I would love to see. What would be amazing is if someone realized what was happening and realizes that they had to get have to get to the river with seven five of spades and then <laughs> does and then everyone turns their hands over in order and the seven five suited slow rolls everyone at the end <laughs> and then tips the dealer with a play money chip. I would love it if that happened. Oh man, yeah, no, it won't happen. I think it's, <laughs> I think that isn't it five handed or six handed in Casino Royale too. Like it's four handed. Yeah, it's definitely more than four handed. We uh, did what, think the, about like just like setting up like some sick coolers, and I was gonna like hide behind the curtains like of the of the. But we just had too much other stuff to do that was yeah. like important. I couldn't even like. <laughs> yeah, right. We had to actually make the real show. <laughs> All right, Matty yeah. Waxman. It is a uh, it is a tradition on the show that when you're a guest, uh, we close things out by playing one of my stupid games. And in this case, this is a trivia game. It's called Nick Knack Matty Wax. Oh, give a dog a bone. Uh, it's just a trivia quiz about wax. How much do you know about your namesake of wax? It is uh, multiple choice. We used to not make the multiple choice, and then players were going zero for seven in these games that require a knowledge of anything outside of poker or TV production at this point. And Are now, you ready? With, with the multiple choice options, generally they go one for seven if we're lucky. Or two for seven. Yeah, something How like that. How many choices so, are there? Four choices. And seven questions? Seven questions. That's right. I'm going to get two. I'm going to get two of them. All right. He's calling his shot, ladies and gentlemen. If he does yep. better than two, then th I think this is a strong approach to this, honestly, <laughs> is to just call yourself for two. All right, Let's here we go. Let's make a bet on it. Let's bet it, make a bet on it, Stapes. <laughs> well, I tell you I, what. Uh, I want to bet humiliation, though. That's your favorite. Oh, yeah. Well, it's hard to humiliate <laughs> a guy that humiliates himself for a living on a daily basis. But I'll tell you what. Either way, <laughs> I'll come hang out on a, on a poker rhythm stream with you. Yeah? Yeah. Either Win or lose. Let's go. All it right. Feels, it, feels it. Bad. it feels bad to say if you don't do well, I'll never come hang but out if on I your win, show so if i win you have to do something humiliating no i'm just kidding that's fine thanks Dave. no one's ever taken that approach i just don't have the time to come up with whatever is okay question number yeah, one right. rip it the first cosmetic cream was created in 150 bc by a greek physician galen of pergamon it was made of beeswax water 
And what other ingredient was it? Rabbit entrails, white grape juice, male ejaculate, or philosopher spit? I think I know the answer to this. All right. Well, I mean, I was thinking spit because that's like the weirdest one, but that's kind of like water already, isn't it? Like, yeah, let's go with spit. I'm going to go with philosopher spit. I think it's male ejaculate. Uh, it was white grape juice. White oh. white grape juice. You guys are both disgusting. Uh, you guys no, are both no, no, no. It's fucks. because it's because in the film Caligula, <laughs> which I know is not actually a historical document, <laughs> and strictly speaking is about the Roman era rather than the Greek era, but anyway, carry on. Same thing. I know please continue why you chose Mela Jack. <laughs> please explain. Because <laughs> that's what they use as face cream in Caligula. I knew that would get somebody. I just didn't think anyone would go with Philosopher's Spit. Okay, question number two. I thought they were just two. like, the, you know, they, they'd have it and they'd be like, all right, and then like they'd do the makeup on the, I don't know, whatever. I thought it'd be the weirdest answer because like the one that it definitely wouldn't be because you're trying to trick me. I don't know. All right. I got to get two I, out of six. All right. No problem. Question, that's right. You got plenty of, that was just a warm up. Question number two. In the infamous wax on, wax off scene I from the this. Karate Kid, what kind of car is Daniel Russo learning karate on? Is it a Ford Super Deluxe, a Chevy Yellow. 3100, a Buick Roadmaster, or a 1948 DeLorean pickup? Okay, it's not a DeLorean. It, uh, it's, it's a Buick. It was a, a Ford Super Deluxe. Come on. <laughs> I knew it wasn't a Chevy. That one's Damn, one of the harder Cobra ones. Kai too. Yeah. Question number three. A waxing moon is a moon that is on its way to being full, is on its way from being full, a crescent moon, or is bare in its crevice? I feel like I should know this. I know the uh, what the other moon is. It's a waxing and a waning, right? Those are the two. Waxing ones. and waning. That's right. Waning, waxing and waning. Um, I think I might be best off just randomly picking like one instead of like asking to actually think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with the uh, the third one. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. A crescent moon. A waxing uh, moon is the opposite of a waning moon, and a waning moon is one that's on its way from being full, so it is on its way to being full as a waxing moon. Quite so I, I got it wrong? Correct. Correct. You got it wrong. <laughs> as in correct, you got it wrong. Incorrect answer. All right, um, here we go. Question. Yes, so just James. to be clear, you now yeah. need to get one out of the next two questions. Well, in two order, out of, in order, well, two out of four, right? Okay, you need fifty percent run rate. Yeah, yep. I'm okay. gonna wait till the last two, and then I'm gonna get them both. Okay. <laughs> All right. Question number Hold four. Hold on, let me get on Google. <laughs> <laughs> How did real life gangster Irving Wexler end up with the nickname Waxy Gordon? Is it from whacking people? Was it that he was hard of hearing? Was it from picking people's pockets, or was it that he just loved chilling out at home in the bath with an assortment of aromatic candles? I'm gonna go with the. Uh, 
I'm between hard of hearing and picking pockets, to be honest with you. Um, I'll tell. I'll give you this. You have narrowed it down to two. One of the answers you have chosen is correct. Ooh, so I'm now did, flipping like, my fifty-fifty. All You're right, now, now I'll flipping. use my fifty-fifty like they have in Millionaire. <laughs> no, all right. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, picking pockets. Picking pockets is correct. They said he Let's was so go. good. It was like their pockets were full of wax. Question number five. Speaking of whacking people, there were between 92 and 93 deaths on The Sopranos. How many of those weren't wax? Meaning, how many people were not murdered of those 92 or 93 deaths? It's kind of unclear whether it's 92 or 93. Was it 25, 45, 65, or 95? Um, I don't understand the question. All right, 93 people died in The Sopranos, the TV show. Okay. How many of those were not murders? Or whacks, oh. people getting whacked. Oh, okay. 25, so like an 45. OD or like a, a health failure or something, right? Yes, How many there were, were not? There were, yes. Okay. I believe there was one car accident and then 20... Mm-mm. Some more of natural causes. You just gave away the answer. You ruined it. It's 25 then. Well, <laughs> it is 25. I kind of thought this one was pretty easy because I would have taken the under on 25. So I think it's I was pretty taking the, I was taking the lowest one. Yeah, yeah that you go for the lowest, lowest answer. Yeah, People 25 was the lowest one. I would have got okay. it. All right. Can we talk about the last person who gets whacked on the show? Does everyone know? We know, obviously, right? We know that we know Tony gets whacked in the it's diner. Tony. Yeah. yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. I've told so many people that have like watched the show, they love the show, and they're like, "What? Tony doesn't die?" I'm like, "That's how it ends. Like, that's yeah, the, him the, getting whacked." The the clue is in the conversation he has with Bobby, where they discuss what death probably feels like, and they actually say it's kind of everything just cuts to black, and that's exactly what happens. Yeah, exactly. And it's like the guy with the, the members only guy that goes to the bathroom, and then he, yeah, yep. and he. You can't you can't get out of answering these last two questions by talking about the Sopranos. Here we go. You do won. have two now. I got, I got two. Well, I'm going to go four for seven. Let's go. Question number five. In the... Sorry, question number six. In the movie House of Wax, which future social media influencer was killed by being impaled with a pole? Paris Hilton. Was Paris Hilton is correct. <laughs> Doesn't even take the choices. And I didn't even see the movie. Let's go. Wow. Nice one. He did not like go movies. for Logan Paul, Jenna Marbles, or the Annoying Orange. Okay, question number seven. Final question. The following are three styles of waxing a woman can actually have done to her vagina. And one it. of them no. is something I just made up. Which one <laughs> did I make up? The Brazilian wax, the Sphinx wax, the Reggie wax, or the Hollywood wax? What Brazilian is a, is definitely a wax. He's he, he's eliminated Brazilian. Okay. Um, there's two other real ones and one fake one. I mean, so there's Sphinx, Reggie, and Hollywood. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna say that you made up the Hollywood. No. Oh, it's got to okay. be the I'm Reggie. It's got to be the Reggie, oh, right? Are you, are you sure? Are you sure? Do you know the, of James, the Hollywood wax? The Hollywood I wax 100 exists. 
I am oh, absurd, Matt Waxman. The Reggie Wax is the made-up answer. James knows me too well that whenever I have to make up something or a fake name for something, I always use the word Reggie. <laughs> I uh, still I known that then. remember your loyalty card for Reggie's Oyster Shack. <laughs> Matt Waxman, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Poker oh, Rhythm, I, I had a good time watching. I'm going to have an even better time participating, I think, eventually at some point. You guys should check hey, it out, and hopefully we can... Sorry, I'm sorry. I know you're wrapping it up, but we're playing tomorrow night. We're, we're testing out the beta. It's not The game's not complete, but if you want to play the game... Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, Thursday night, nine Eastern. You can you can jump in there, join our Discord if you want. Pokerrhythm.com. I, I, I will do all of those things, Matt Waxman. Thanks so much for yeah. being on the show, and best of luck with Poker Rhythm because, like was, I said, what's what's good for poker is good for all of us. That was a lot of fun, dude. Uh, I, I I can't thank you guys enough. Thank you so much for having me. Um, thank you, Matt, and, th- and apologies for the game. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> I, how many how many other people have played uh nick knack maddie wax so far each game is bespoke to the specific guest so uh, that yeah. that quiz was designed for you yeah but if I, we did it poker rhythm style every single person would get nick knack maddie wax <laughs> as the game and then we would be able to see who's truly the the waxiest guest yeah and, and like you know We'd have like Neil Farrell or Phil Helmuth sitting here going, "Why am I asking qu- answering questions about wax?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. That was a lot of fun, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks very much, Matt. It is time to run a mock. Okay, before we do this, let me just stop the music and reset. Um. We need to talk about the hashtag. And this is one of the disadvantages with me taking an executive decision without doing oh, no. my research and without consulting our in-house social media department. Look, it's too late now. I'm not going to change it again. But I have discovered there's a lot of tweets on our timeline that aren't about our podcast because PITE also stands for Provincial Institute for Teacher Education. And I discovered this, Joe, because I thought we had our first question for running a mock from a <laughs> Miss C. McLeod who asked, if you could only read one children's book for the rest of your life, what would it be? <laughs> and that's when I realized, oh, they're talking to other trainee teachers. And yeah, we've had this problem before, right? Remember the PCA? It was the same hashtag as the People's Choice Awards. There was also that website. Was it Police Chase Alerts? That would tell people yeah. whenever there was a police chase that was being filmed yeah, by a helicopter. E- EPT watch. in America, hashtag EPT, that's the early pregnancy test also. Yes, exactly. So, so we, yeah. we can't win. <laughs> Fortunately, this isn't a hugely popular subject. So I think we can compete. And certainly, in most cases, we can kind of Share. weed out what's for us and what's for them. By the way, my answer would be the Gruffalo. Um, before we do <laughs> run a mock, a couple of other relevant tweets this Everybody week. Everybody poops. Hashtag P-I-T-E, Carl Stanley and Harry Messenger have their copies of We Run Bad for the Poker in the Ears book club. So well done, guys. We are going to be discussing that book and interviewing the author on the 12th of May. And we are going to need a super fan. Now, I know, Joe, you've sent out numerous copies, but people like Kyle, Harry, Mojek, they've all been on the show before. So we need someone who has never been a super fan before to volunteer to read that book before the 12th of May, participate in our book club and be the super fan and compete for prizes. Have we ever had Josip from Croatia on as a super fan? 
because I just went through holy hell trying to get his book delivered to him. I got I have like seven emails from DHL in Croatian in my inbox that I've been like, don't know. I've been forwarding every one to him. Like, you need to answer these. I don't know how to how to answer their questions. I will send me his details and I will match it against our database of former super fans. Okay. And, and I'll uh, I'll tell you if he's in the clear. Okay, let's start again. Now, Joe, we can run amok. All right. It is time to run amok. Now, our genuine single question for the week, because that's how it works. Ask me one question. It's like an AMA, but with one question. And it comes from Martin Nosedal, who seems to think that the word question is spelled with a K, because he tagged it A-M-O-K. Doesn't matter. Uh, Joe, please read Martin's question. Martin's question is, what's the conspiracy theory that you secretly believe? Good one, Martin. I guess this isn't that controversial, but I don't believe that the Kennedy assassination was the work of a lone gunman. And I do believe that certainly organized crime figures and probably people from the intelligence services were involved in Kennedy's murder. Wow. Here's mine, and we're going to move on real, real fast from it. I believe that the people who win the most at poker are the luckiest people in the world. (laughs) Thank you for your question. This has been Rotting Amok. And this is Superfan vs. Stapes. And we say hello to this week's superfan. Say hi to Alex Dobbins. Hi. Hello, gentlemen. How are you doing? Good. How yeah, are you, safe. buddy? I'm What's all up, good. Man? I'm good. I'm good. Well, thank you very much. You make me. He makes me miss living in Europe. I feel like this was the this was the kind of lad I was hanging out with <laughs> when I when I lived over there. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, Kiev, Ukraine, right now, which is pretty random. <laughs> very random yeah and no, i'm visiting uh, my partner my partner's from moscow so we couldn't see each other in the uk or russia so we're meeting right. up in ukraine so i was oh, gonna that's say romantic meeting halfway not <laughs> quite halfway in fact more kind of in her favor but anyway glad you can be yeah. with us today joining us from no ukraine but obviously you spend most of your time in the uk what part of the united kingdom are you from wiltshire Farmland. Don't know if you're familiar with that area. Yes, Hartigan. yes, yeah. I know it. Um, being, being a city boy, it's not really on my radar, but I know where it is on a map. I could point approximately uh, okay. yeah. at where Wiltshire is. Southwest, Southwest UK. I used to live Near right Bristol. off of Wiltshire in LA, so pretty yeah. much the same. <laughs> Basically the same place. And uh, to use the time-honored question what is your deal bro tell us about yourself well um been doing a lot of backpacking the last few years went to southeast asia uh did south america that would kind of be my dream i think actually to like live in thailand playing poker i think that's a lot of people would love to do that just full time out there um currently working for a telecommunications company as a store manager down in Somerset in the UK, on furlough at the moment, living that furlough life because of the lockdown. So I haven't yep. been at work for about for about three months. But yeah, in Ukraine now with my with my partner, going to go to Chernobyl tomorrow on a tour. Oh, wow. Which is pretty pretty exciting. It's good we did this today. 
there's a lot of beer tomorrow. Oh, I mean, <laughs> no, don't <laughs> worry. It'll just, it'll just take you 30 <laughs> years to die from whatever will happen tomorrow. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, in terms of like poker, God, I've been watching you guys since like 2014. Oh, wow. I think it was on Channel 4. You, Channel you go 4? back. You go back many years. Yeah. Yes, it would, would have been Channel 4. Because I was going to ask that, Channel you know, with, 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 with everything that the last 12 months has kind of delivered, whether mm-hmm. in addition to traveling around the world, you'd also just found yourself consuming far too many hours of poker content, reliving old TV shows, old yeah. live streams, old episodes of this podcast. Yeah. But actually, you've been with us for near enough a decade. No, no, it's back. I think it was like Tuesday nights. So I used to like yeah. set my skybox to record. Watching like EPT, Barcelona, or Monte Carlo, Shark yep. Cage as well. That was good fun, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were great shows. I um, mean, yeah, that kind of got me into poker. Cool. I mean, people still ask because obviously we've got the PSPC on TV in the States mm-hmm. right now. Now, that aired on Channel 4 last spring. So people are like, well, when is yeah. it going to be back on Channel 4? And it's like, well, we haven't been able to film anything since then for obvious no. reasons. But, you know, we welcome the day that live poker returns and welcome the opportunity yeah, to, sure. to make more TV shows. Uh, talking of TV sure. shows, you have chosen the Netflix series Night Stalker as your special <laughs> subject. I mean, fortunately, it's a wow. mini series, so it's not like anyone yeah. had to invest weeks of their time. But it's a bit left field in the sense that, you know, wow. true crime, grittiness, murder, nastiness. You really wanted to put poor Joe through the ringer. <laughs> this is the thing. I wouldn't. I don't want to come across as a super fan because I'd come across quite weird. But I just tweeted you guys because I know you guys are into like your showbiz TV. So I just tweeted you saying I recommend you watch it. And then you were like, do you want to be a super fan on this? I was like, yeah, why not? And I thought it was quite strange afterwards. But yeah, hey. I mean, I can't wait to see what questions Patrick When <laughs> When you go back and listen to this episode and hear the top of the show and hear how deeply affected I was by watching this, you will either be very happy or very sorry that you chose this subject, but it basically changed me to to change my life. Yeah. So when did you watch it? I watched it about a month ago. We we watched it in like it, in a day. Um, uh-huh. we, it was just like, hey, I got I hang on, I watch this night soccer thing. I couldn't remember when it was coming up on a podcast. <laughs> And then, you know, it's four hours long and we watched the first hour and we were like, we're definitely just going to finish this today. So we it's watched all four hours right? of it. Yeah, in you a see, row. I mean, I haven't seen it myself because obviously I was able okay. to delegate that task to Patrick. But knowing the subject matter, binge watching it hmm. seems like a really bold decision, Joe. This is something that I'd probably want to break up myself. But I'm thinking that we normally have the question, did Stapes cry in it? Now we need to kind of upgrade that. Did Stapes have a complete mental breakdown as a result of it? You know why I had to watch it all at once was because like it basically I was too scared to do anything else. Like I had to see how it ended. Wow. Yeah. Okay. He he was a bit of a bit of a belly buster himself, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. A good one. Yeah. Hopefully the yeah, questions yeah, aren't too detailed and or gruesome. There are 10 of them, multiple choice options available. Uh, I'm sure you know the format and know the rules by now, Alex. And you know what I yeah. want, first of all. I need you to give me a number between 1 and 10. Let's start off with the wheel. We'll go number 1. 
Number one, good place to start. What was the nickname of the LAPD homicide unit? Asking multiple choice. That's probably going to happen a lot. Okay, that's fine. Your options are the Bulldogs, the Terriers, the Wasps, or the Tigers. Grr. Okay. I'm going to go with the Bulldogs. It is the Bulldogs for one point, and you're on the board. <laughs> and Joe, very simply, you can have anything from two through ten. I'm going to bookend it and go ten with this one. Love it. Which state of the United States of America was Richard Ramirez born in? Uh, I'm going to go for it here. I'm going to go for it and try to go for two points. Uh, Arizona. Incorrect. The answer was Texas. Okay. I would have said the same answer as you there, Stapes. <laughs> and, and interestingly, had you taken the options, A would have been Arizona. So Arizona you would have been there. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right. Two through nine available. Uh, seven. Always coming seven. What yeah. band did Richard Ramirez have on his hat? ACDC. ACDC for two points. And Joe, it's your question. Uh, all right, question two, please. This is normally the point where you go, I would have got that one. I would have gotten that one. It's like it's, <laughs> it's like the very first thing in the entire series is talking about this ACDC hat. Okay, well, I'm sure question two is going to be just as easy. What was the name of the first victim in the documentary? I want to say it was Elena, but I'll, I'll take the choices. Is it... Maxine Zazara, Maria Hernandez, Sayalin Yu, or Dale Okazaki. Apologies if I pronounce any of those appallingly. Well, uh, Maria Hernandez was was pretty early on, and I can't remember if she's the one that actually. I'm gonna say Maria Hernandez. No, it was Dale Okazadi. Oh, oh, sorry, Okazaki. Um, anywho, uh, your next question. You've yet to score a point, by the way, Joe. Uh, Alex, you're going to have three, four, five, six, eight, or nine. Uh, four. Question four. What tattoo did the Night Stalker have on his palm? Mm, I don't know if it was an actual tattoo, but I'm going to go with a pentagram. It was a pentagram for two points. Joe, what question would you like? I don't know. Can I get one like what color shirt the first victim was wearing or (laughs) how many eyelets were in the seventh victim's shoelace, uh, possibly? Question three. Question three. What were the names of the main two partner detectives in the case? First names. Gil and Frank. Correct, for two points, and you're on the board. Boom. There we go. Jesus Christ. Five, six, eight, or nine? Six, please. Question number six. What year did the Night Stalker commit his spree of crimes? Nineteen eighty-five. Correct, for two points. Joe, five, eight, or nine? Strong. Five, please. Which state was Richard Ramirez returning from 
on the day of his capture. Arizona. Correct for two points. <laughs> Just <laughs> keep Arizona, saying Arizona. <laughs> come up at some point. Okay, eight or nine, and they are both year-based questions. Oh. Uh, is it me now, right? I'll it go is. with eight. Eight? Yeah. What? What year was Richard Ramirez born in? Oof. Yeah, I'm going to need the multiple choice on that one. 1950, 1955, 1960, or 1965? This is a complete guess. I'm going to go with 55. It was 1960. Joe, I recommend you go for two here. What year did Richard Ramirez die? Uh, he died fairly recently. Uh, uh, 2014. Oh, so close. 2013 was the answer. But to be brutally honest, two points would have given you a score of six. Alex, for you, it is always coming seven. That was your score. You are a winner. Congratulations yeah. for taking down Superfan versus Stapes. And we are going to make sure that you get a Sunday Million ticket plus some PokerStar awesome. swag. Awesome. Well, hopefully I can uh, get a deep run and get on the Twitch stream. Absolutely. Oh, That's yeah, what I want to see. We're still waiting That'll for it. it. Now, granted, we yeah. don't start streaming when there's like the last 70-odd players left from a starting field of... 10 plus thousand right so i know it's yeah. a slim chance but one day that we're going to have the perfect storm we're going to have a podcast yeah. super fan who won the quiz who won a ticket who makes day two who we then cover on the stream that is absolutely yeah. going to happen one day yeah well i played one mtt and it was like a 150 dollar buy and like a satellite into it like, i don't think i won a hand but hopefully i can do better this time <laughs> Well, there you go. It's real hard at my levels, you know. It's, uh, I'm like a low-stakes player when you jump up. It's, it's crazy, the difference. Well, they talk it's about beginner's hard. luck. Maybe in your case, it'll be second-time luck. But And we do wish you good yeah. fortune in the Sunday Million. Alex, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the show today. No problem. Cheers, guys. All right, my babies, we're almost out of time for this week's show. Coming up on next week's show, the commentator showdown will have happened. Yeah, more Warm. importantly, the mm. Sunday Million anniversary will have happened, creating at least two poker millionaires. Maybe, just maybe, we can speak to one of them. It's going to be a tight turnaround, though, because that's going to conclude late on Tuesday. We record on a Wednesday. I don't know. We'll see what we can work out. Or maybe we go in a completely different direction. I'm sure there'll be other stuff to talk about in the poker world. Let's hope so. Until then, get your superfan applications in. Remember, the People's Institute of Teachers and Educators, uh, we're taking over that hashtag. We're going to win this hashtag war. We got to drown them out. We get, they will change, not us. That's like every relationship I've ever been in. You will be the one to change, not me. Use that hashtag P-I-T-E for your guest suggestions, your superfan applications, and general praise for the show no constructive criticism and also we I'm need Mark. someone if, to follow yeah. in martin's footsteps and ask us one question we want to run a mock next week we want to run a mock next week but for now we are going to run away because that is all the time we've got for this week's show for james hardigan i am joe stapleton smell you later